Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the American Landman. We are in the early stages of meltdown here in West Central Wisconsin. As I look out the window of the American Landman Studios, I'm seeing sunshine. Woohoo! Sunshine, I can't believe it. It's warming up. We're actually up into the 40s this week. I just got back from Mexico, so I'm kind of tanned and I'm rested and I'm ready to get out there and start working the ground and plant some vitalized seed because guys are already doing it all over the country. I'm hearing talks that the corn is just about ready to go into the ground in some of the southern states. Probably not yet, but we're getting close. Up here, heck, we still got a foot of snow on the ground. It's ridiculous. And up north of me, it's even worse. We're talking a couple feet. But um, I'm going to get out there today and I am going to look at a property as soon as I get done with this episode. I just got a call on an 80-acre parcel in St. Croix County, Wisconsin. So a little heads up, I'm going to be out looking at a new property in my brand new John Deere Gator with Camzo tracks. I got a heated cab. I got AC. I'm enclosed. I'm going to be riding in comfort and there's nothing that's going to stop me now. I'm going to get, be able to get out there in any weather. So if you're looking for land and you want to go look with me, I want to be your guy in the land business. Let's get out there because I'm going to put some miles on this thing and I'm going to see if I can get it stuck. Well, Hopefully not, but I'm going to have some fun on it. But uh, hey, well, today we're going to talk uh, to, I'm actually going to be interviewed is what we're going to do. We're going to turn the tables and we are going to actually have one of you listeners. Uh, his name is Nick Polutro. He's from, I think he said Buffalo, New York. He's from New York State at least. And Nick is a listener and he called me up and we had a very brief conversation. He started asking me questions about what does it take to become a Whitetail Properties Land Specialist? And you know, Lately, I've had a couple of people call me and ask the same questions. I've motivated some people. I had a guy, as you're going to hear me mention, he, he was a lawyer, a president of, of, the, the, of his law firm, and he likes what I'm saying and what I'm doing, and, and he wants to be a land specialist. So we attract all types of people here, and you wouldn't believe the quality of people that we have. So if you're interested in being a land specialist, if you think you've got what it takes to, to make it in this business and you want to work for the best land company in the nation, then I think you're going to like this conversation because we're going to get into it. And I said to Nick, Nick, I'm going to be, you're going to be the interviewer. I'm going to be the interviewee and I'm going to answer whatever you throw at me. And he did not send me these questions ahead of time. I said, take 10 days. When I get back from Mexico, I'll get you on. And there are no holds barred. You can ask me whatever you want. And he got into finances. He got into my best day. He got into my worst day. He got into what does it take to become a land specialist? We talked about everything. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. But before we do, as we always do, we got to take a moment out for our sponsors. Please frequent these guys. Great products. Ask them for some discounts. It'll probably help you out a little bit because you heard it here at the American Land Man Studios. And when you return, we'll get right into the show. I'm Neil Hogger. And I'm a land specialist with Whitetail Properties Real Estate, and you're listening to the American Landman Podcast. This week's episode is brought to you by Vitalize Seed, cycle plant nutrients the way nature intended. The PackerMax HD Cultipacker, 100% of your seed goes down, 100% of your seed comes up. LandGate, data intelligence and marketplace for land and its resources. And First Products Grain Drills, maker of the multi-drill, quality, precision, durability. And now, let's get back to the show. All right, and we are back. Nick Palutro, welcome to the American Landman Podcast. All right, the crowd here at the studios is going crazy, buddy. They can't wait for this conversation. 
I guess so. What's up, Neil? How you been? I'm doing good. Well, I, I'm glad to have you back because I know we talked, I don't know, 10 days, two weeks ago, right before I went on vacation. And just for the listeners, um, Nick called me and I believe you're a listener, right? You're out in New York? Yeah, I'm out in south of Buffalo, New York. Uh, I've been listening for a couple months now. I just kind of stumbled upon you and really kind of sparked my interest. Yep. That happens a lot and I'm glad to hear it. So first off, Thanks for listening. I appreciate the loyal listeners. But uh, Nick gave me a call and and we just started talking um, how about you know what my job was like and what it takes to be a land specialist. And I said, hey buddy, how about how about this? Let's 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 turn the tables here and why don't you interview me and I'll just freely talk about you know my job and what it takes to be uh, a land specialist with Whitetail Properties. And so in a way, it's kind of a, almost like a recruiting call. Cause I get these calls a lot, Nick, and it, it seems like, you know, guys are touched by the passion that I exude. Hopefully your people pick up, but cause it is a great job and it's a great career and it's an outstanding company and I'm really proud to talk about it. So, awesome. uh, yeah. So, well, let, let's start, let's start with this. I'll do, I'm going to interview you a little bit, but then we're going to let you take over. But for the listeners, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, what you're doing now, where you're living and why you even felt the, that you needed to call me? Oh, uh, well, of course, my name's you know, Nick Lutro. I'm from Western New York. Uh, I'm a carpenter for a property management company. Uh, to be honest with you, I was down at the NWTF show a couple of weeks ago in Nashville, and I saw the guy sitting there at the, at the table, you know, and I thought to myself, wow, you know, that's, that's got to be pretty cool to do what those guys do. Um, I mean, honestly, my job is I, I stare at walls, and then I try to make them look pretty to <laughs> kind of give you an idea and it's yeah. not, not really what I like to do. You know, you know what I mean? I yeah. Mean, I like my job, but I don't love it. And that's kind of what I'm searching for. Yeah. So you met some whitetail property guys down there? Uh, you know, I, you know, I didn't talk to them to be honest with you just cause I, I wasn't local down there or anything like that. But, um, I did go up to our sports show here. Maybe it was last week and I talked to Paul Vicunas and yep. another guy. I can't remember his name, but they gave me some good information there as well. So yeah, I had out there. Definitely talk to them. Yeah, I had Paul on, I don't know how many episodes back. He's a great guy. He comes from the industry, Carbon Express Arrows, if I recall right. Um, so there's a lot of top quality people here. But, but you know, I, I can relate to what you said uh, about maybe being in a job but you just you like, but it's just not your passion and you're kind of thinking about other opportunities. That's kind of a universal uh, feeling, I think, that a lot of people have, you know, all mm-hmm. – all across the United States and the world, I suppose, for that matter. But so, right. you're, so you're thinking maybe a change is in order. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd like to. Uh, you know, I live in breezy outdoors, and you know, I'd, being a carpenter, you can only make you know, so much money, I guess, and it seems like a pretty good opportunity for me to to pursue. But, yeah, are you a landowner right now? I'm not. I'm not. That's on my. That's definitely on my goal. You know, my dad's got a little bit of land. And, my father-in-law has got about a hundred acres. So I have some property to mess around with, but I yeah. always wanted something of my own. You know okay. I mean? Yeah. Are you a bow hunter or a rifle hunter or both? Uh, well, where I live, you can't use a rifle, but I bow hunt religiously and you can use shotguns. So it's shotgun for deer and really big into turkey hunting. Uh, actually taking a trip out to Nebraska in about three weeks. Oh, fun. Days, so forward to that. Yeah. But, well, that's one good thing about being in the trades. You kind of, can take those big chunks of time off. I run into a lot of guys in various trades from tiling, carpentry. seems like I run into a lot of contractors from concrete uh, contractors that 
are doing really well. And why is that? I mean, why they, they seem to be doing well and they seem to have a lot of time off. Oh, uh, well, honestly, man, I, no one really seems to want to do the work anymore. You know, a lot of people, they don't want to get their hands dirty. Um, as far as time off goes, generally, at least where I work, they're, they're pretty lenient. I mean, I get a couple of weeks paid vacations, you know, I get floating holidays, six times. So I kind of group that up. Um, but then my, my schedule is Monday through Friday, 6 to 2.30. So I'm able to slip out of the woods after work. Yeah, nice. that's always nice. So do you hunt kind of close to home then? Yeah, about 20 minutes away or so. Oh, that's say. good. Yeah, my farm is about an hour and 15 minutes. And it's close enough that I can get there, but it's far enough that I feel like I'm getting away, getting to mm-hmm. going someplace. So I, I kind of enjoy that. So, well, cool. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, um, why don't I just turn the mic over to you and... I'm 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 going to tell you pretty much anything's fair game. I mean, I'm going to do my best to answer questions and uh, you okay. know, so go ahead and start asking me anything you want. Yeah. Um well, I'm sure a lot of people already know, but maybe someone out there that's just started listening doesn't, but so how did you get into whitetail property, Neil? Like what made you make the leap? <sighs> I started following whitetail properties. It's for me it started in the in the um TV show. I, I came across it on YouTube, probably sitting in my office. Um, people have heard me say this before. I've got a 25-year um, history, if you will, uh, with medical devices. And I was starting to feel that unfulfilled feeling that you felt, felt I think. And during my free time when I was probably should be working, I was looking at Whitetail Properties Real Estate on their TV show. And... As I recall back, you know, one thing that really struck me about the company was it was about hunting. Um, and I like that. I mean, I love seeing the big bucks, but it was not just about hunting. It was something different. It, they, the way that they captured the imagery and the feeling of it, you know, God, family, outdoors. I mean, that was, that's, I think that was their tagline at one point, even, um, it was more about the kill. It wasn't, the kill was kind of like the anticlimax of the whole video, but lifestyle of these guys um, kind of caught my attention in how they delivered that message. And mm-hmm. when I started thinking about it, I'm like, gosh, you know, they sell these farms. Like, that sounds interesting. You know, I mean, I, you get to walk these farms, you get to, it's almost like scouting every day and you're actually invited right. onto people's property to go snoop around. And, you know, I thought, God, how cool is that? And I had a sales background, obviously, and I was a landowner and I'm passionate hunter and outdoorsman have been my entire life. And I, I just thought that would be kind of cool, but, um, I didn't see an end in sight to my career. And, um, so I didn't, I didn't really act on it. So I guess, so I, I followed them for, I don't know, four or five years. And then, um, my company was purchased by another company and I was on, kind of one of my last business trips. And I've said this before in other podcasts, but I just, I was in Norway, I believe in Oslo when I did it, I, I called Whitetail Properties up and I asked for Dan Perez and Dan said, how did you find out? How'd you get to me? And I said, well, Dan, I said, I'm in sales and this is, you know, I told my career kind of the highlights and he goes, I just kind of know how to get to the right people. And he chuckled. And then we talked for a while and then eventually he invited me, he says, Hey, I'd like to meet you. And, uh, can you come down to the, can you get down here to meet me? And I was going to be in St. Louis on another consulting trip. And I said, yeah, I'll drive over. So I drove over in a snowstorm and next thing you know, I was being interviewed. So that was my first trip there. That's cool. Well, maybe you'll be one of those guys someday. You know, you never know. (laughs) Yeah, never know. (laughs) But it was definitely a good move for me. And they actually offered me a job, um, 
after my interview, uh, there's quite an extensive interview process and mm -hmm. they offered me a territory and my company was coming to an end. And I had like eight months kind of hiatus where I just kind of went fishing and hunting. If you look at my profile, you'll see some me with a beard and holding up some geese that I killed and a, and a bear. And I just had a great time. And, but I think I was driving my wife nuts being home every day and just doing whatever I wanted to do. And she says, honey, you need, you need to do something. So that's when I kind of decided to pursue whitetail properties a little bit. And as they say, better lucky than good. Sometimes I just, I think I came on in a time that they were looking, they were expanding. And I was, I don't know what number I was. I want to say there was about 60 guys on board when I came in somewhere around there. So it was a fairly young company and they were looking for the right people and they offered me an opportunity and I took it. That's sweet. So now that you, now that you're in or now that you've been in, I guess, uh, what's it like in the day of the life of, uh, Neil Hogger? The day you in the life. You roll out of bed. What, uh, what's it like? <laughs> yeah. You know, I tell you, um, Every day is different, which is probably the good thing about it because I've got kind of a short attention span. So I have to have, I have to have constant stimulation. Um, it's not all, you know, rainbows and puppies, I would say. You know, right now we're kind of entering a new phase of my career where there's not as many listings. Um, there's a lot of buyers still, but there's not as many listings. So my inventory is as low as it's ever been. But I wake up every morning and I immediately start thinking – about the job. And I think about it all day long. Um, and I don't stop working really until, you know, I go to bed and I'm, if people know me, they'll, they'll, they'll I hope they'd say this. I think they say this all the time is, you know, you're like, I called other agents, but you called me back. Like you were so fast and you were like really communicative and you got back to me. And I said, well, that's because I'm, this is my career. This is my job. I'm a, professional. You know, I do this all day long, every single day, 24, seven, 365. I never turn off. Now yep. that doesn't mean that I don't have downtime because I do. Um, I take care of myself. I stay physically fit and I get out and I hunt a little bit, but the day is, you know, this is a question that new guys ask me a lot is like, what do you, okay, I got hired and I went through training. Like, what do you, now what do I do? Like, what, like, what do I do? <laughs> like, yeah. well, you go find business. Well, yeah, but what does that mean? Like, how do you find business? Well, we do, we do this technique called shock and awe where we do mailers and we do marketing and maybe we can get into that at some point in this discussion. But mm -hmm. I mean, every single day is working and networking and thinking about business. And so my day is spent to answer your question. My day is spent every day thinking about like literally like what, how do I make money today? Not, I mean, I do have long-term goals, financial goals, short, long, medium and long goals, but I, I literally wake up every day. Like I got to sell something today. Like who, mm -hmm. who can I sell something to? And so I'm very much consumed by the thought of I'm not getting paid again, unless I've got something in the hopper, but it might be 60 to 90 days before I get another paycheck if I don't have a deal working. And that's daunting. Yeah. You know, when I was talking to Paul, I think he had mentioned, you know, you know, you make a sale, it's, you're not getting your paycheck for, I think he said like 90 days, yeah. days, something like yeah. that. I don't know how accurate that is, but no, that's right. I mean, you think about it when you come on and you're a new and you're a new agent, 
And you mm-hmm. and you leave your job as you know a carpenter guy, and you get hired, and you work under Paul up there, let's say, and mm-hmm. um, you haven't sold anything. So you didn't sell anything today. You didn't sell anything tomorrow. The next day, the next week, the next month, and when you finally do the closings or anywhere, you know, it depends on the process of where you're at. It can be short, but mm-hmm. I tell people 60 days on average, and that's from the day that you finally get an offer. In the meantime, yeah. you're showing properties, you're walking properties, you're spending money like crazy to market, to build your brand. And it can be pretty daunting for guys because uh, you don't know when you're going to get paid next. And that right. I would say that one thing is what spins a lot of guys out. They just, they can't deal with it. Yeah, that's kind of one of one of my other questions was uh, the startup cost because I know when you go on and apply, it says you know are you financially stable, and I'm assuming that's that's right. why. But maybe uh, yeah, maybe go into like why why do they ask that? Or- okay. Um. Well, you know, like the equipment that you're using, start with that. Okay, so the tools mm-hmm. of the trade, like you've got you got a nail gun and a hammer, and you got a belt, and you got your work boots, and you got your hat and your eyeglasses, and you know whatever all the. It, tools of the trade that you need. And it's no different here. Every company has it. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, the tools of the trade here are from the lowest end. Like I wear a high quality pair of boots because I, I burn through boots. Like, like every six months I'm buying a new set of boots because I just wear them out because there's so many miles that you're walking through wet trains. So you got to buy good quality footwear. Otherwise you're walking around sloshy feet. Um, Mm -hmm. We as a as a company get discounts because uh, we have affiliate products like lacrosse boots as an example. So we get lacrosse boots at a discount. Um, Sika okay. gear. So I wear Sika gear um, for my clothing. You know, it's just good quality stuff and it wears well and it looks sharp mm-hmm. and it looks professional. Um, so, but so we get a discount on that kind of stuff. But you've got to go out and buy that stuff. You don't have to have it to start it. I mean, I start off yep. wearing whatever hiking boots I had and blue jeans, but I literally walking through briars burned up those blue jeans till they were getting holes in them. Cause I just, the, the rough brush and stuff. So mm-hmm. getting your clothing, cause you're out in all, all weather, you know, you could probably double duty your hunting clothes. Um, and then eventually when you're making some money, you kind of upgrade your wardrobe. Um, I would say that you're going to want, you don't need an ATV. Uh, you don't need a gator, but it sure makes things a lot better. Um, if you yep. can take your clients around in, in a nice quality gator, like I just bought today, uh, mm-hmm. people probably saw me posting on this. I just spent 41,000 bucks on a new gator and tracks and enclosed cab and everything. But I started off with, I initially, I think I had an old Honda two, two wheeled Honda, um, I forget the rancher, I think is what it was. And mm-hmm. it was ugly and I didn't want people to see it, but I would drive around on that. I wouldn't take my clients. And eventually I bought a, a player, a 600 four by four and you an ATV. And I would ride nut to butt with clients if they wanted to ride. And mm-hmm. I just knew, and I would drive it up in ramps in the back of my pickup. And man, I felt like freedom. I mean, it was just I got a picture of me standing by my truck with my gator, with my uh, ATV up in the back. I was just so proud to be out doing the job. It was just, it was just so liberating. Um, yeah. So, but then I got a gator. So mm-hmm. you could buy used stuff, I guess. Like I'm selling mine right now. If anybody wants one, I'm going to be selling my gator uh, probably somewhere between 12, right around 12.5, a used gator with 286 miles on it or hours mm-hmm. or miles, whatever the odometer reads. I don't know what it's 
measuring, but it's probably miles. Um, but a UTV definitely is nice. And then a four seater UTV would be even better, but those darn things, you know, they're like a, they're like a car. I mean, my gators as much as a car, right. Right. And it yeah. definitely helps the job. And then you need a trailer to pull it. So that costs you another 15,000 or more. And then if you're in the winter, like me, you don't want an icicle and you don't want the ice and salt all over your vehicle. So I ended up buying a, a trailer an enclosed trailer, but I had to have it custom made so I could fit my gator with the tracks and the extra height. And that was a $17,800 purchase to get a legend 23 foot prow front front trailer and then a pickup. So if you don't have a pickup, you gotta, you know, you gotta be able to pull your stuff. Um, yeah. and then you need cameras. Like I, my first camera was 1800 bucks. Now I just bought a new Nikon. I think I paid five, $600. Um, but yeah. you could do a lot with an iPhone. So maybe you probably already have your camera covered and the iPhones can trade. They could take great photos. Um, then you're gonna need a computer. So you need a laptop. So a laptop yeah. will cost you a couple thousand unless you have one. Um, yep. you're going to need software memberships to MapRite and Onyx. Um, you're going to want MLS memberships. That's like 1800 bucks, I think a year. Okay. And then yep. you got to join the national realtors association. And then maybe, you know, like in our state, the Wisconsin realtors association, the NRA and the WRA, and then the MLS and those mm -hmm. things are all, you know, cost startup costs. And then you're going to need a printer cause you get to print stuff off. So that's three, 400 bucks. Yep. And if you don't have a, uh, an office, you're going to have to set up an office, you know? So I actually, I'm, right. I'm sitting at my first desk. I actually made it. So I didn't have oh, a wow. desk. So I made one. I took some pipes and I glued some boards together and I sanded it down. I stained it. I made my own desk. And, oh, okay. um, what else am I forgetting? Um, but you know, all that, I mean, gosh, I think I've blogged about this once. I think I spent like a hundred grand to get everything I needed I wouldn't say yeah. every guy's got to do that, but mm -hmm. do the math on all that's, that stuff. It adds up quick. Right. Now that's like a hundred thousand, that's over a couple. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, you probably need a good pair of pants and boots and go walking. And most of the properties, I don't know where the size you're at, but on average, mine are about 70, call it 80 acres. So it's not like you, you can't walk those, but mm -hmm weather could be an issue and that's when you're going to want something that's a little bit better, but, um, but you could do, you can walk, so you could, you could get by with a lot less. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. And we haven't even talked about uh, marketing dollars. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and that's probably what they're talking about mainly is the marketing dollars. I would say, I would, I would say that you're going to need, um, you're going to need 15 to 20,000 bucks for marketing. And that's mm -hmm. before you spend money on your equipment. Cause you're going to send out postcards and mailers and whatnot. And yep. the good thing about whitetail, and I don't exactly understand how they do it now, but we do a, a sh cost sharing where they, they give you like six or 8,000 bucks. If you spend, this isn't exactly right. Cause it's changed since I've been there. But as I recall, something like they'll, we'll give you $8,000 in a year, but in order to get all eight and get that money back, you got to spend like 18 or 12 or 18 or something thousand. Okay. So you spend money and they give you money, but it gives you a head start. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like free money, but you got to spend yep. money to get it. They don't, they just don't give you six or 8,000 bucks. They say, yeah, go spend it. You spend your right. money, right. they reimburse you. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. So now would you recommend having this chunk of money saved up before even 
start this process or is there, or do you think yeah. you can work like a little side gig in between? Well, we'll yeah. I'm not saying you can't, but I mm-hmm. think more and more, Nick, is they're not hiring guys that yep. are, aren't full-time just because mm-hmm. we've filled out, we filled out our sales force and they're, they're still expanding, but you know, they're not really just looking for guys to get going, you know, it's not like they ever hired just a warm body. They hired good people to start too. But, um, I think there were guys early that were part-time and kind of easing into it, but there, we have this thing called the 10 commandments that we um, follow. And I believe being full-time is one of them. Okay. But you could come on as a, as a buyer agent, as an example. Mm -hmm. And those guys sometimes are part-time and And now what is, what is that exactly? If I boil it down, it's basically, well, I'm the agent of territory. So mm-hmm. that's what we call the AOT. So the agent of territory has an assigned territory and I have seven counties that I cover. Mm-hmm. Um, a buyer agent comes on. He's not the agent of territory. He works underneath me and he handles buyers. So I get buyer leads and I hand them to you, Nick, you're licensed yep. and you go take, you know, John Doe around and try to find him and hook him up with a property and get him to, you know, make an offer and buy a property. So that's what you do, you. but you don't do listings. I do the listings mm-hmm. as agent of territory. And it's a good yeah. way to start off because you're probably not doing any of the marketing. I probably have the gator and equipment. You're going to take a guy around. You say, Hey, Neil, I need the gator today. And yeah, no problem, Nick, take it out. You know, I, mm-hmm. I kind of help you and, it's almost like an apprentice position in a sense. I got you. Um, roughly how much money do those guys make? I'm going to say you make as, a- yeah, I don't know. You know, you're as, you're, you're as good as you are, I guess. Um, yep. There's a lot of ways that uh, buyer agents get paid and it's really up to the agent of territory to kind of, to develop a pay scale. But mm-hmm. I would say that, a general, and I just had this conversation with Wes uh, in-house, the guy that does the initial interviews. He says, basically, after listening to all the guys, it probably comes down to about a 75-25 split. So I would get a what we call a referral of the of the deal, and I get 25% of the payout, but you get to keep 75% of whatever side that you represent. So if you're on the buyer side only, then... Mm-hmm. You're getting, if the other is, let's say the listing agent isn't me, it's just somebody from Coldwell Banker or somebody in Remax or whatever, and they're paying 2.4%. Yep. You would mm-hmm. you would get 2.4% of that payout, but Whitetail takes a split. So they take 40% of that, and then you and I split the rest. So you'd get 75% of what's re- remaining, and I get 25% as the agent of territory. I got gotcha. you. The real estate math can get kind of confusing, but- just think I'm going to make 75% of the payout that Neil gets, depending on if I'm a listing agent or a buyer agent. Okay. Well, it's good to know that there's another avenue of, of doing it, doing the job than being just a real estate guy. Yeah. And you know, and like, like for me, like every, every territory is different. Like guys in New York might, I think they're probably similar to me. My average sale last year was $300,000. That was average. And I average about 77 acres per sale um, if, yep. I, if I add them all up. Um, so you can kind of do the math that whoever's listening to this and say, okay, so the average acreage in my area is, you know, call it 80, 80 acres. That would be your average sale. And then 
the average price breaker in my area is $2,500 an acre. So take 80 times 2,500. And let's just say I'm just a buyer agent and the buyers, the agents in my area on average pay out 2.4%. Well, you could say, okay, well, 2.4% of whatever that sale price is, 300,000 equals whatever that equals. And then Whitetail's um, going to take 40% of that, the broker does. And then Neil yep. and Nick are going to split what's remaining 75-25. And that can help you. And I would tell you that, you know, a buyer agent, I, I usually tell people, just plan, shoot for $20,000 to $30,000 a year to start. That That's a good mm-hmm. goal. Um, and you would be doing fine at that. And you're doing it part-time, so it's a part-time gig and, you know, you're supplementing your income because you're mainly working weekends and evenings and you got a $30,000 year part-time job doing something you totally love. I yep. think that's doable. But there are there are buyer agents that make six figures that work for us. It all depends on how hard they work. And I would say those guys are probably full-time guys uh-huh. and and they're working every day and they work hard to make gotcha. six figures. Cool. Um. So I know you said when you would start out, you called Dan Perez to kind of get your foot in the door, assuming that he doesn't want a million phone calls. You know, how do I go about applying? <laughs> you know, I, I'd say you do what you're doing here. You, uh-huh. you, you ask all these questions and you find out, you know, is this for me? Um, yep. Do you think, do I think I have what it takes? And mm-hmm. maybe we should talk about that. Like what, what, does it take? Cause I, I hear this a lot, but let me answer your question and then we'll talk about the things and what it takes. Um, yeah, you can literally just go to the whitetail properties website and I haven't been there in a while, but I'm pretty sure there's a, you know, apply here type, uh, opportunity somewhere on the website. I haven't looked at it in that for that, but I'm sure it's there someplace. And if not, then there's going to be a, um, a number and you can call whitetail properties, real estate, and just ask for human resources. Kelly Johnson, I think, used to be um, the person. I think she still is. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, just say, hey, I'm, I'm interested in applying for a job, and you can apply. I think what it really comes down to is do they need help where you're at? That's probably the biggest thing. Do we have an opening where you're located? And yep. that's probably the hardest thing because we're filling up spots. Yeah, I'm looking at the website. If you get to the main website, whitetailproperties.com and you scroll all the way down, there's a tab that says careers. You click on that and search for a career type, search for location. And there's a bunch of information there, career paths. Uh, there's multiple things you can do with Whitetail. I mean, maybe you like cameras and maybe you're really good at filming videos and you want to sit in a tree with Paul Sawyer or Pete Alfano or Rich Baugh or, you know, one of the, one of our personalities, um, yeah. You can you you might come on with November Studios, and I don't know what the requirements are other than you probably be able to sit in a tree and run a camera, and I'm sure they'll teach you a lot. But you might yep. just start with that. And I know a lot of mm-hmm. guys that come in that way. They come in almost as interns. They start as interns. They learn you know office based stuff. They work down at corporate, and mm-hmm. they kind of found their passion. A lot of them work their way into jobs that way, and then that just opens the door because whitetail really values the family and that cohesiveness and that loyalty. They will, if you're good, they will find you something. 
So I know guys mm-hmm. that started out that way. I'm thinking of one guy in particular. Um, his name is Jordan. And Jordan was my, we call him shooters. He was my shooter when he came up and he filmed some properties for me. And he, he worked yep. as a shooter in November Studios and he traveled the United States, you know, looking at farms and filming them and shooting them. And, and I believe he then was also shooting videos. And he was in the tree stand with some of the celebrities that you see on our show filming uh-huh. him shooting, you know, Boone and Crockett, Pope and Young Bucks. And then Jordan got an opportunity to go work with Pete Alfano on one of his ranches. And he said, hey, why don't you move down here? I, I literally had this conversation today with Jordan. Um, why don't you move down here to Kansas and and work on my ranch, kind of as a ranch manager kind of thing. But also he got licensed in Illinois and he became an agent. And when Pete was doing um, – business because Pete, our, our owners still buy and sell a lot of them. They're, they're the real deal. They're not just sitting back, you know, counting their dollars. They're buying and selling property. Um, uh-huh. And uh, he says, you can represent some of the clients that I'm buying and you can help them and you can get a referral. So he kind of came on as a buyer agent almost with Pete Alfano, one of the founding okay. partners. Um, so there's that. And then there's an auction division with Whitetail, and that's kind of a new division that we started up just a couple years ago. But there's auctioneer positions. Um, there's uh, I'm sure there's other positions in there as well. You know, guys are running the auctions, and I think the terms an expediter, where you're kind of out in the crowd and and they're you know helping get the crowd warmed up and you know at, you know pointing at yeah there you know there's a bid right there hey you know. 250, you yep. know, and pointing at it, kind of doing that stuff. So the auction services, then there's the ag services division. I'm not as familiar with it, but we have an agricultural service division where we come out and we manage your farm and we help you set it up as a business and run it more efficiently. That's the best way mm-hmm. I can describe our ag services. And a lot of those guys have agricultural degrees and backgrounds. And, and so there's that area. And then obviously there's the land specialist um, path. And that's where you either come on as an agent of territory or you, um, become a buyer agent. And we've kind of got a a new career, kind of like we call it a referral agent where you're just referring business to guys. You are licensed, but you're not listing. You're not representing buyers or sellers at all. You're just referring business. And sometimes that's a way to get in. So that's probably the lowest entry level way to do it. But you can earn money just by flipping us business going, Hey, my cousin is selling a farm. And then this guy down the street, I talked to him and it, cause he's selling his farm or wants to, I make the introduction and I pay you a referral fee when I do the deal, when I list and sell their property. So that that's another Perfect. opportunity. Perfect. I don't know. Did I answer your question? I'm not even sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. There's, there's quite a lot there, but that's good. That's uh, good to know that there's options. You know, the biggest thing that I hear all the time is when guys call me, you know, they come up to me and they go, man, I love to hunt. I I just, I hunt all day long, every day. 
And I'm like, that's great because that's really important. The passion, we love that and the skill. Like I remember when I was in being interviewed for Whitetail Properties, um, I remember Dan Perez like, Neil, what kind of broadheads you shoot, fixed blade or, or uh, mechanical? I said, fixed. What brand? I uh, like Muzzy. What kind of bow you shoot? I said, oh, I'm a Matthews shooter, but I start off with PSC. Oh, I was a PSC. Mm-hmm. You know what? What Matthews uh, do you shoot? I said, oh, I have a switchback. Could I upgrade it to, uh, you know, I don't even remember what I said, but um, – you know, do you own land? Yes, I do. How many acres? Do you food plot? Are you member of the NDA, uh, National Deer Association? And then it was QDMA. And mm-hmm. so a lot of the questions that Dan was asking me that I was able to kind of like rattle off the answer. I think what he was saying is this guy really walks the walk and talks the talk. Um, because there's guys that come to me and say, hey, I have my real estate license. I just like to hunt. And But when you talk to them, they you just pick up something and I don't even know if I can like tell you what it is, but you just, you, you pick up something that they are lacking. They're lacking in something. And it's usually mm-hmm. because they've been trained, like, especially the guys that have a real estate license that have been selling homes. It's just a different animal. I'm not going to say it's better or worse. Um, mm-hmm. It's just different. And the way that they go about business is different and the way they carry themselves and they, the, the terms they use, like, realty. Like I'm, I, I sell realty. We don't use that term. Um, we sell real estate or we're a land specialist and we're not a realty agent. Um, we don't even really claim to be a, we don't even say we're a land, uh, a real estate agent so much as we kind of sure. describe ourselves as a land specialist, real estate agent, or just a land specialist or a landman, even if you will, I hear that people yeah. use that term, a landman and it's mm-hmm. different. And so like people ask me all the time, do I need to go get my license? I would say no. I would say most of our guys didn't have a license when they got interviewed. Um, they didn't get a license until they got hired and were given an opportunity. And then they get a license and then they go to training. And the okay. training's pretty extensive that w- what we do way beyond anywhere. And I don't know if this is fair to characterize like other companies, but it seems to me um, because I've been recruited by them that they'll take anybody with a pulse and a license and you can work for them. And they, and their model is quite different. They want uh, a 10,000, a uh, hundred thousand, a million agents out on the road, out on the streets working. And mm-hmm. that's what they're after. So it's volume. And I think it's low quality, lower quality experience for the customers. Whitetail doesn't want that. I mean, we've interviewed thousands. I've heard, I've heard numbers like 15, 20,000 people have interviewed for jobs and they've hired, I think we're at 300 right now in since 2007. So I don't claim to understand, you know, what people are looking, what they're looking for, but Mm -hmm. we know it when we see it. And I don't think you can fake it. Right. It's just kind of in you. Mm -hmm. So I would say if I had to say something, I would say, infinite touch as far as like a deep network of people. So as an example, I've got a guy right now that I'm talking to and he is a, get this, he's a bull semen salesman. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. There's a salesman. Yeah. There's a salesman, everything. He spells, he sells sperm, but, uh, um, I got to give this, I got to give the laughter. (laughs) Yeah. He sells sperm, but, uh, he, all right, the crowd gets getting out of control here. He sells sperm, and I'm trying to stop that. <laughs> there we go. All right, I had to turn it off. Getting carried away with myself. Um, 
but he he's all over my territory from northern Wisconsin to southeastern Wisconsin, and he's touching every cattle farmer along the way. I mean, this mm-hmm. guy has more contacts. He comes from a farming family. He he just he's got an infinite touch. That's the kind of guy that we like. Um, I got another guy that I'm interviewing that, and that guy's, I think, a chemistry major, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe even geneticist, but he sells bull semen. Um, another guy is a, is a um, biologist for the state, and I've been talking to him, and he's kind of, we're, 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 I'm going to try to see if we can fit, fit him in. And, um, mm-hmm. But he, he talks to landowners because he's a forester, and he talks to you know, numerous landowners. I mean, just I don't know how many over the years he's touched. So those types of people are really key. Now I came on, I didn't have that um, Mm -hmm. because I worked in the medical device industry, but I had the sales skills that I think they recognize. I think that Whitetail recognized that they didn't have to teach me how to be a salesman. And I had the extreme passion of the land and hunting to go with it. And they could teach me the real estate aspect of it. And they did. Um, I had some experience. Uh, I, I was a buyer and I was an investor in real estate. So mm-hmm. I knew it a little bit, but I wasn't licensed by any means. Um, so, yeah, so those are some things. I would say infinite touch. Hey, um, Nick, I, I need to take a break for our sponsors yep. right here. Um, so let's, can we just do that? And we'll, uh, right. we'll, we'll come right back afterwards and we'll keep talking about it because this is good stuff, good questions, all right? So let's do that. Let's take a word out for our sponsors. If you guys have been listening to the podcast now for a while, you've been hearing me talking about the LandGate software that I use and I folded into my uh, business. And I want to tell you about a recent interaction I had with a uh, guy that I actually have his property listed. It's for sale as I record this. And I noticed that there was quite a bit of um, opportunity on his farm for solar because I went to the LandGate software and I ran a report on his property. And sure enough, I found that there was a, a high power transmission line coming right through the property, right through the middle of the property. And there was a, a transmission station, one of those uh, you know high voltage stations behind the fence, right on the edge of his property within a half mile. And when I ran the this LandGate software, it said that, hey, there's a high opportunity for solar uh, payouts on this property to build a solar farm. So I brought that to him and he said, wow, that's interesting. You know, I did get approached by a solar company a couple years ago and they offered me $750 uh, per acre across something like 230 acres. I don't, don't, don't do my math on that. It's something like $85,000 a year for solar opportunity on his farm. And I said, well, you know what? If you're interested, I could list your farm for lease on the Landgate site, and we could put that opportunity out to all of the solar companies that may want to lease that land on your farm. Instead of having one, let's make them compete. So it's just one way that I found that I can separate myself from the average realtor, bring the landowner some data that he may not even be aware of, or in this case, put it out to all of the companies that might want his resource. It's just a really cool way. Check them out, landgate.com or call me. I'd be glad to talk you through my experience and we'll see if solar is an opportunity on your property. All right, we're back. Okay, so yeah, so I would say that infinite touch is something they look for, which you mm-hmm. might have an uphill battle on that aspect. Yep. Just because you're looking at two by four studs all day long. Right, right. 
So if you don't mind, tell us about, tell us about your first, uh, your first property sold. Oh man, that's a great question. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, I remember it vividly. Um, I took off in the morning, every morning for about three weeks. And I was covering at the time I was covering 13 counties. Um, and I was traveling a lot. I was, I was putting on, I was on path to do 60 or 70,000 miles of driving in the first couple of years. I did that much driving and I got a call from a guy, um, in Clark County, Wisconsin, which was about two and a half hours drive east of me that he had this little teeny property. It was five acres and he wanted to sell it. And I said, absolutely, I'll be there. So I took off and I got there and I pulled over I had my dog with me. Um, at the time I think I had, yeah, I had Lucy. I think I had Lucy. Um, and we went out and we started walking this little property and I found out very quickly that I didn't have a path. I didn't have a plan. I just started walking and I wanted to see the back of the property. So I started walking, but then I got a little wetter and then it got really wet. And then I was walking in water and then I was up to my knees in water until I got back to the back side of this property. And I, you know, I didn't have a compass and I think I might've had Onyx at the time, if I'm lucky, I just kind of, I don't know. I have a sixth sense from my Marine Corps and Navy training. I kind of know direction for whatever reason. I just have an internal compass, but, but I got back there and I walked around this thing and waded through the swamps and got just absolutely chewed up by black flies and, and mosquitoes. But I was so like happy to be there. I really was. I mean, I was walking through the swamp and it was like Nicaragua hot. I mean, it was one of these summer July days that it was just like the air was so thick that you could cut it with a knife. It was just so humid. And I, at the time I, I had this little uniform that I would wear. It was like a bug shirt, a tan bug shirt. I had a tan colored brown front with tan back white tail properties hat with a logo. I had, mm -hmm. um, I had my Sika pants or like a Lycra, almost like a light feeling, I don't know, cloth that they use. I don't know what it's made of, but, but it's kind of a light, uh, so it doesn't snag on brush and whatnot. And then I actually had a gun. I had, I wore a pistol on my hip because uh, we're open carry uh, in Wisconsin and, and there's bears. And I don't know what I was, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm thinking, well, I'm, I, I gotta have a gun if I'm out here. So I did. And so I came out of there and I, um, went next door and there was a guy living in a trailer. And when I went up to his house and I, I, I knocked on the door, um, he had a, uh, he had one of those, uh, Southern flags, the rebel flag in the window. Yep. And I could hear him stirring around in there and I'm like, knock. And I went, Hey, uh, Neil Auger with whitetail properties, you know, and knocked again. And, and I could hear him in there and he wouldn't come out. I'm like, I'm a real estate agent. You know, I just want to introduce myself and, and he still wouldn't come out. So I just, I always carry business cards. So I stuck one in the door and I left and he was watching me through a window someplace and he saw me walk away. And then I heard the door open. He grabbed it and he, Oh, Hey, come on back. He comes back and he goes, Jesus Christ, man. I thought you were a, and he used the F word a friggin' uh, a cop or something. And I said, no, man, I, no, I'm not a cop. I'm a real estate agent. You know, he goes, well, I saw the gun in your uniform. Like you're wearing, I'm like, Oh yeah, well, it's not really a uniform. It's just, these are my clothing. So I can, walk through swamps in them. And, and he goes, well, I thought you were a sheriff or something. He goes, what can I do for you? And he was kind of like at first kind of like standoffish and I kind of won him over. And I said, I just want you to know who I am. 
people are private in these areas and I didn't, you know, if strange guys walking around, I'm just here, I'm going to be listing this property next door. Oh, really? Well, what's he want for it? And I said, oh, I think he wants, and I, I'm going off of memory, but it was not very much. It was like 15,000 bucks or something. And I don't even know if that's right. I'd have to do my math real quick because I can't do it in my head quick enough. But I did sell that property within about 15 minutes of listing it. And I sold it to the neighbor. And my first paycheck after doing it for about 30 days, um, I got my first offer to purchase after about 30 days, maybe a little less. Um, and I got paid 1200 bucks. That was my first mm -hmm. paycheck with Whitetail Properties. And I got to tell you, I mean, I've sold a lot since then. Uh, a lot mm -hmm. less than most of the, our guys or some of our guys are just absolutely killing it. But um, I remember that check and how proud I was that I actually did it because my wife really wasn't on board with me being a realtor. And I said, yep. I'm not a realtor. I'm a land specialist. It's different, Denise. <laughs> it's different. And, it's different. but yeah, but I'm like, I did it. You know, I really did it. Mm -hmm. I, I wrote a contract. I wrote the listing. It's up on the Whitetail Properties page. And I actually sold something. I got paid and I'm like, I'm on my way. And there was times, you know, during that time when even I, I mean, I knew that I, I believed in myself, Nick, my own skills mm -hmm. as a salesman. I, I've never doubted that, but it's like when you come and you do something and you step out of your comfort zone and you just kind of do something that um, you've never done before. There's all, I don't care how good you are. There's this in the back of your head. You're like, Oh man, did I make the right different the right move? Because I don't know when I'm going to get paid again. And I'm looking in my office here on the wall. There's some little right drawings that my kids did. I had two little girls and they, they, they have a drawing I'm looking at right now. It's like a deer and, and my wonder otter made like dollar bills and made coins and dollar signs. And it says, daddy, if you keep working hard, you are going to make money for our family. And I used to get up every single day and I'd go look at that and I'd say, get your ass out there and go sell something. And so that was my first sale, 1200 bucks. Sweet. <laughs> and I was off and running, but from there it took off. I mean, um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you want to talk about money? I mean, we can. Yeah. That was, well, that was on my list. Of All right. I was going to ask, you know, what, what your first year looked like and okay. how much did you make? Well, you know, I, you know, I just got told by a guy, you're not supposed to ask guys what they make. And, but I, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I kind of anticipated you wanted to hear about this. So I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll tell you what I'm doing. And I, I'm going to say this, there's guys that make way more than me, way more than me. And there's guys that make a lot less than me. And I'm pretty proud of what I'm doing and I'm maximizing the potential in my own territory. And some areas have a lot less potential or at least the guys realize a lot less and other guys realize way more. So this, I'm not even going to say this is like, like what I did is typical. Cause I don't know if there is such a tip of thing, but mm -hmm. in eight months, and I think I'm talking net numbers here. Um, I am talking net numbers. My, my income on year one was, I think I want to say 80,000 bucks. That was net income. Now okay. the, you know, the gross income, is probably the big is the bigger number, but then you take out of that the gas and the and the advertising and everything. But after everything said and done, I I think I netted eighty thousand my first year, um, and that was about eight months of work. And I but that was like I'm talking, I would get up in the dark, and I would come home in the dark. So I was working twelve sixteen hours a day to make eighty grand. I was working a hell 
of a lot harder than I ever did with medical devices physically. Mm -hmm. But I was also much happier about it. I come home every day. I was bone tired, but I was really happy. Um, the second year got a little better. Um, I got more listings. I got some more experience. I kind of started getting my feet underneath me. I think I made, I want to say I made 125 on year two net. Um, by year three, I want to say I was like at 180 ish year four. I think I made 225 net after that five, six, seven, eight. And now I'm in my ninth year. It's slightly gone up every year and I'm, I'm kind of plateaued right now. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, could be the territory potential. It could be the economy. I don't know. But the last couple of years, I've did like 12 million, 13 million. And the last year I did about 14 million in sales. Um, so, because there's guys that right now are like, okay, they're, I'm going to add this up, you know, because I know that my neighbor guy, Nick Pronold, he's listening to this and he knows. He's a, he's a numbers guy. The thing mm-hmm. is with us and in, and in, in, in real estate, we call it funny math. So if you represent a property sale and you get both sides of the deal and it's a $1 million property and you get both sides of the deal, they'll say, they'll add up. You sold a million dollar property to somebody and you listed a million dollar property. So therefore that counts for 2 million in that total. I guess. Don't ask me why they do that. That's why that's what they do. I don't know. It doesn't even make sense to me, but that's what they do. So mm-hmm. I'm usually both sides of the deal. Most of the time, I would say, I'm going to say 80% of the time I'm, I get both sides. I, I represent the seller as a listing broker. I represent the buyer. And so our typical commission, my typical commission is 6.2% across all my sales. I'm getting 6.2%. Some I get seven, eight, 9%, but I average mm-hmm. 6.2 across all my commissions. And then my actual, like, what do I earn from it comes out to be about 42 that's my net out of what I sell. And I don't even know if I'm making sense. I should probably do my math to see if it actually comes up, but that's, I'm, I'm going, I have a spreadsheet and I believe that's, I believe that's what it came out to be. I'm, I'm quite trying to see if I can quickly do this, but, um, but anyways, um, so a whitetail properties guy, you know, our model is such that people depend on us so much that the buyers come to us and the sellers come to us. They just want to work through us. So it is mm-hmm. beneficial to us because, you know, there's good realtors out there that will do 20, 30 million. I mean, but they're usually teams of people doing that. Like an office does that. And there's usually teams might be two, three, four, five, fifteen 15 people on a team. And the average agent in the United States, somebody can correct me on this, does like three deals a year and makes 45,000. I think that's, I think that's average. I'm, I'm pretty close on that. But whitetail property guys make tend to make a lot more. And mm-hmm. when you get, there's a, there's a school that we're going to, I'm working on it right now. It's by the um, Realtors Land Institute. You could look at this up, mm-hmm. rli.com, the accredited land consultant certification. I saw somewhere on their website that the average agent that is an ALC is making like $360,000 a year. Wow. But that's like a master's level degree in real estate. And it's not easy mm-hmm. to get. And, but that's something that if you're, if you're a listener, you might want to look at that and to understand what it, what it means to be a landman and look at those courses. They tell me that you can go to school and it takes 10 days of all day long training for 10 days. And then a, then a test. 
and a bunch of tests along the way and every and on every um, chapter that you do every course. And then I believe you have to have like so many sales and so much time in service, so many like dollars sold, so many transactions. And then you have to write an essay and then you submit all this data. And I think you have to be referred by an ALC, I think. And then they'll, then they'll, if they, if they approve all that, you'll become an accredited land consultant and you're in a very high group of people nationwide. And that's part of being a whitetail properties land specialist. That's that's a requirement. It's part of our 10 commandments. So a lot of guys, I'm sorry. So a lot of guys, you know, like I got a guy coming on right now. Tim is listening to this and Tim flat out told me I'm, I'm not a good school guy. I never was. Um, I'm more of a hands-on learner, you know, kind of that guy. And, and this, this real estate exam's kicking his ass. And I'm like, that's just the beginning, buddy. <laughs> when you come with whitetail, then you got to go to their training. And then there's constant extra training. And then there's ALC accreditation that you have to do eventually. And to become a certified whitetail properties land specialist, that this is, that's just the minimum to get in. So not to freak you out, Tim, if you're listening to this, but you know, he's going to make it. I'm going to make sure he makes it. He'll get it. Um, but it's, this is a high level job and that's why only 300 of us exist right now. Mm-hmm. Now this training, where, where does that take place at? So when you get hired, you go down to the corporate in Pittsfield, Illinois, and, mm-hmm. um, you, uh, sit with all the new people we run. I would say I haven't been to it in for a while, but I see the pictures. We're probably running 20 to 30 guys through a class right now. And like, okay. for me, I'm going down in June and I'm going to go to it again. I'm going down with Tom. I want to welcome to my team, Thomas Yanta. Tom is, uh, the newest, uh, whitetail properties, land specialist buyer agent out of Buffalo County. So he'll be coming on and he's going to go to training in June and I'm going to go down with him. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, a, I think it's two and a half days of training down there. Okay. Good questions. Now, is that, now this training, is that like once a year? Or is it a couple times a year? That's once a year. One time in your career, you get trained in. And that just basically teaches, that's like boot camp for whitetail properties. Yep. So I'm going to equate it to that. But then once you, once you get to your, your region, your team, your agent of territory team, then there's other things like we have conference calls. We have, we use a lot of Google calls, um, that we do weekly trainings that you get on. Uh, then you might want to go get your national deer association, land steward, one national deer association, land steward, two. Um, then there's a lot of dis- designations that you can do through real estate that you might want to go on and do continuing education. And then just to keep your license, you have to take that every two years, you have to retest and take your license yep. again. And then, most of us are drone pilots, so you have to get your drone pilot, your part 101, part 107, I think it's called, a certified drone pilot in order to fly your drone. And that's like, literally, that's like flying. You're like, uh, you're like this much away from being a fixed wing pilot by the time you get done with that. And that, that wow. test is no joke. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did it the first time. I passed it. And then when I retested the second time, I failed it. And I studied my ass off, and I still failed it. And I'd been flying for two years, and I failed it. But then I took it again and I passed it. So you, they Whitetail makes you do these things, um, mm-hmm. but that's the level of professionalism that it takes to be to run with the you know the big dogs, I guess. And it's worth it. Yeah. There's a sense of pride when you know you're good at your job. Mm-hmm. Now, just bouncing back to that commission thing, I had one question about that. You said you know some commissions might be six percent, some might be seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Like what? 
what makes it change or like, why is there a difference? I would say industry standard, if there is such a thing in sales, which drives me crazy because I'm going to negotiate my own commission as part of being a salesman. And I think I'm mm-hmm. worth it when I ask for more, but okay. in okay. real estate and I, you know, that sounds kind of braggish, but um, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't feel you're worth it, then nobody else is going to feel you're worth it. So walk tall, look sharp, you know, and mm-hmm. be the best that there is. And you should get paid more because the best always get paid more when you're, when you're Michael Jordan, he was my era guy. I mean, when you could drain three pointers like nobody else, guess what? He made a lot of money for doing that, right? I mean, yep. there was a lot of guys that could shoot three pointers, but he was the best and he got paid more for it. If you're a surgeon, if you're a car mechanic, I mean, you could work on, you know, Chevys or you could work on Ferraris. I bet the Ferrari technician gets paid more. You could be a framer or you could be a, you know, uh, a cabinet maker. And I'm betting those guys make more than framers, right? So, um, so the commission is really up to you, but I, there is an industry standard 6%, I would say is what most real estate agents get. And, but mm-hmm. we're 7% typically, that's where we start. And not, we're not apologetic about it because we're worth it. And that 1% difference, I tell my clients all the time, well, if I could sell your property at $500 above what the average price per acre is here that I'm showing the data across, you know, $500 an acre across 80 acres is, you know, what is that times 500? That's uh, $40,000 more money. That, and, I, and I got paid an extra 1% to do that. I mean, I'm more than paid for myself because of my ability to market, to photograph, to film it. My team comes out. They make a video of it. I map it. I go to trade shows. I go to, you know, Neil's got this podcast. I'm on that podcast. You know, Whitetail Properties got the best website. You get all these things and that quality will get you higher dollar. And- and we do. And I've heard people say Whitetail Properties real estate is more expensive. And I would say, is it more expensive or is it just price right? I might argue that the other realtors that are selling are not land specialists. They don't recognize the quality of a property. They don't recognize the features and benefits that that property has. They don't understand the genetics of the deer, the location, the entry points, exit points, how to hunt it, what you can do with it, how you can improve it the topography, the wetland, the water features, all, all these things that a land specialist that we're trained to recognize and make valuable to a buyer, we get more money for our properties because it's what it's worth and the buyers will pay it for it. And so, you know, when we talk about commission, I start out at 7% and I tell them I'm worth it. And I think I am worth it. So, um, Let's see. These are good questions. I'm trying, man. I've been... <laughs> been slowly writing them down in my notes here. <laughs> well, um, we're so about at an hour, but yeah, go ahead. We'll finish up. We're about an hour, just so you know. I know the people, listeners start falling off. Okay. Um, just real quick, let's say you don't know something, you know, who, who you're going to if you, if you yeah. someone has a question and you don't know the answer. Well, you got 350 and probably 400 if you consider in-house people, brothers and mm-hmm. sisters, that all you got to do is pick up the phone. I mean, you are out in the woods on your own, but you are not on your own. You are a phone call away. I mean, I'm looking at the website right now and my broker is Jeff Evans and he happens to also be the CEO of the company. And I'll guarantee you that if I sent a, a, a message to Jeff Evans, he's calling me mm-hmm. back or texting me in a, in the, in a half hour. Um, but I would start off with your agent and territory and, and reach out to them. I mean, you've seen how I've been available to you and, and you've met. Paul Viacunas and, and, you know, 
you could just go to any one, any one of us anywhere in the United States and you could get an answer. There's multiple brokers. There's every level of skill set. And all you got to do is ask. And, you know, sure. we, we don't ask, we don't expect you to understand everything. And there's no dumb question. You just ask anybody. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, well, I've got, I've got a lot more, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. But <laughs> Well, keep going. Maybe, you know, people can stop listening if they want, but yeah, keep asking. Um, so what's the, uh, what's the worst interaction you've ever had with a buyer seller? Maybe oh man. Well, this, in the last 12 months, I've, um, almost got hit by people. Jeez. Um, two stories. Um, I was sitting on a country road and was in front of a, a Buffalo County farm that had some type of line dispute that went back decades, two families arguing with each other. And, uh, the one family that said our line was here. Another guy says, no, my line is there. And that, that, that line fence has been there forever. And that was my grandfather put it there. That's the line. And I said, okay, well, what's this entry here? Well, that's their, that's their entry to the property, but it goes, down through there and then it crosses my line and goes to my land. And I said, are you sure the line isn't on this side of that entry? No, no, it's on that side. I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm not under, I'm not following you, but you're, you're telling me that you lease the access to get to your land and you pay them to do it. Yes. And I have for years. And I said, okay, why do you lease an access that you say is on your land? Why would you pay them money to use an access that you say is on your side of the line? Because that doesn't make sense to me. And he got angry with me. I said, look, I'm not, I'm not challenging you. I'm just trying to understand because they're telling me that they own this access point and the line's over here, but you're telling me the line's over there, but yet you're paying to go across their land. It did, it's not consistent. Like, I don't understand. And he argue with me and he left. So I'm sitting there in my truck and all of a sudden I see him come ripping down the road, like really fast. Like he got his gander up and he was pissed off at me and he comes slamming, he slid on his brake, comes up to the front and he jumps out and I'm like, oh, okay, he it's on, he's going to punch me. So I jumped yeah. out of my truck and I left the door open. I got like the door between me and him and I backed up and he came around, he pushed my door shut and he came at me and, and I'm not like, I'm not a fighter, but I'm not a guy that likes to be punched either. And so I just, yeah. I got the corner of my pickup. I was backing away and I put up my fists and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you, what are you doing? And you know, he's like, he was frothing at the mouth, like spitting and yelling at him. I'm like, I don't remember his name, but I'll call him Mr. Smith. I said, Mr. Smith, I'm, I'm not the enemy here. Okay. I'm just trying, I was just asking you questions to understand where I can drive because I don't trespass. If that's your land, and that's truly your land, then I need your permission to be on your land. Okay. But they say it's mm -hmm. their land and you're telling me you lease this and pay them money, which tells me it is their land. Otherwise you wouldn't pay to use your land. It just, I go, just settle down. And he's like, ah, he was like coming at me. And I, I mean, I literally had my fists up because I thought this guy's going to punch me and it didn't. Wow. It kind of like, calm down. And, and it was just like, I just happened to be like the, the, the whipping dog. Cause like I had, I was the guy that he could let his anger out. And then, uh, and a second one, um, there was a guy that was negotiating hard with a seller. And it turns out that they, like they had made a deal sometime in the past, I think, and told this guy that, you know, he could buy this property 
And, but then it, the ended up, the deal wasn't what the, he thought it was going to be, but he still wanted it. And so he, he was kind of like, he was ex-military too. And I'm military. And I said, yeah, I served with the Marine Corps. I was a corpsman with the Marines. I was, I was a Navy guy, but I was attached to the Marines as a medic, as a corpsman. He's like, yeah, I know the corpsman. And, you know, and he kind of like, you're not a Marine. And he started like coming at me. I'm like, no, I didn't say I was a Marine. I was full Marine Corps regulation, uniform, haircut, PFT, everything. I did everything they did. You would not have known the difference except for I had different chevrons. And, yep. but I'm not a Marine. No, I'm not a Marine. And oh, I was a Marine. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. You know, I'm just, that's, just telling you the truth. And so anyways, I go to do the final walkthrough of this property and there was him and his wife and this other lady, I think it was a sister. And he's walking around looking, I'm just kind of standing there. He's not looking at me. He's not talking to me. He's doing his final walkthrough. And I'm like, all right, well, let's just, we'll just sit here. I'll just sit here. And, and all of a sudden he says something, he leans over this balcony. So picture like a, like a loft and he's looking up, I'm looking up and he leans over and he starts rattling at me about, you, you know, you didn't do this in service and you want to talk about this. And I was in the war and I'm like, Hey buddy, I go, I never, I never claimed to be any of that. I just said I was a corpsman with the Marines and I never served and I never like, claim to have valor and have fought. I know I never did any of that. I never said I did. And this guy came flying down the stair and he was coming at me and I backed away and I had my, so picture me with my hands out left and right, like outstretched almost like in a, you know, out to my sides. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey man, well, you know, relax, you know? And he came at me, like he rushed me and the woman jumped in the middle of us. And by then again, I put my fists up and I was like, I mean, I almost popped him because I, I, at that point, I really did think he was going to hit me. I mean, I thought he was coming to attack me and I was going to get the first shot in it, but the lady yep. stepped in between us and his chest and her chest met. And then she bumped the back of her into my chest and like, she was sandwiched and she's like, John, settle down, settle down. And she goes, you back away, walk away. And I'm like, what the hell? Well, it wow. turned out that that guy had PTSD and he was on a ton of meds. And something triggered in that guy. And I, I remember calling Jeff Evans up, my boss. I'm like, holy crap, dude. I mean, this guy literally came at me. If this lady didn't step in between us, it was going down. And I was like, mm -hmm. do, I, do I have to take a punch? I mean, like, what's my rights, you know? I mean, really, what are my rights to protect myself? So I would say those are like the two worst interactions. I mean, you get yelled mm -hmm. at and you get caught bad names and, you know, sometimes, but I don't know, man. I seem to get more of it than anybody. It's like I, people get, people are crazy sometimes and, and they don't like it you're selling their land sometimes back up in these coolies of Buffalo County and Trempolo and these rural areas. They don't, mm -hmm. they don't really want change. And you're, you're the guy that's like selling the land. And I'm like, well, I'm not the guy buying it. I'm just the guy. Right. Right. I'm like, ah, you know, so anyways, yeah, those are my two worst days probably. Oh. Well, now you make enemies. You ever make any friends doing that? Oh, man. Some of my listeners and followers are just my absolute pals. I mean, mm -hmm. they you sell them something and you're a brother forever. And one of the benefits of Whitetail Properties is that it doesn't end with a sale. I mean, I could set your property up with blinds and seed and uh, tree stands and sick of gear. And I mean, all kinds of products that our affiliate um, affiliates 
give us some discounts that we pass on to you guys. I mean, everything that you want related to your land. And then some of us, I mean, I don't do this professionally, but some of us do land consulting. We'll come out and we'll write a land plan. We'll help you with your mm -hmm. food plots. I kind of do that on the side, like for free. I'll consult with mm -hmm. people and advise them. And I, I don't take a fee for that. Um, yep. I, I'll, I'll set you up with banks, outdoor blinds, an example, and water hole systems and food plot seed. And I'll sell it to you at, at my lowest price and I don't mark it up like I could. And like on mm -hmm. blinds, as an example, I, I think I can save you seven, 800 bucks on a blind. I mean, off of retail, it's like, it's amazing. So yeah, you become very good friends with people. It's like, like, that's how like this whole thing about the Wisconsin, the American landman came up, excuse me, the American landman came up on because I like, I wanted to make American land, I want you to make American land man, like one acre at a time. That was kind of what I was started this and, and the pride of ownership. And it's like, I finally did. It. And it's almost like this elite club in a, in a way, cause we all get it. I mean, riding on a tractor and smelling dirt, like we get it. I, I, I mean, it's in us and guys that haven't achieved that they want that so bad. And then when they do achieve it, it's like, there's this kinship. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I've sold a lot of stuff, but there's something about land when you can touch and you can feel the textures and the smells and the sights and the sounds, it gets deep in your bones. And it, and, and I think people right now are nodding their head and saying, yeah, that's why I want to become an American land man. So yeah, you become friends forever. Sweet. Well, I, I guess my last question, I don't want to be take too long is I got to ask, how'd you get the truck? What's that about? Are you talking my 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 new truck or? Well, like your work truck. Oh, you know, I see all these guys with the white white truck with the logos all over. Yeah, well, you could go out and buy whatever vehicle you want. Some guys they do Dodge and some are Ford and some are Chevy. I'm a Chevy guy, but um, we have an in-house uh, production crew that creates these logos for us, and so they'll send us a a uh, a file, and then you just take it to a local print shop, and they produce and the print and put it on your truck. And I've seen guys, I mean, I simply just got a, a Whitetail Properties antler logo, that iconic antler logo, Whitetail Properties real estate, and then Neil Hogger land specialist and my phone number on the side of my door. And that's probably what you're seeing. Um, but, yep. um, you know, I decorate my truck up with, with our affiliate sponsors and some of the show here, I'm getting like vitalized seed as an example, um, shameless plug, you know, land gate. I'm, I'm going to get their logo and put it on my machine and and that's kind of a cool thing it's kind of like you know it's a sideline not every guy does it but you know some some do and we're proud of our affiliates and our affiliates like the exposure that we provide them and um so there's little perks you know what else do i have like uh the um i don't have a logo for him yet but um the packer max is another uh you know logo that i'm gonna get and i use their products in my videos and it's just this little family of people that companies that we're all like pushing the boat, the same direction, rowing the boat, the same direction, you know? And, and I like to decorate my truck. Cause I, I tell you this, when I drive down the road, yeah. I, I, people will pull up next to you and you're driving down the freeway and they're like, I follow you, you know, they're mouthing it. I follow you. And, uh, you know, I love whitetail properties, thumbs up and that kind of stuff. And it's cool. I mean, yeah, it is dude. It's like, there's just like this swagger, pride that you have when you know that you're working for a really cool company and you, you got a job that people envy and they respect you and, and they want to, you know, kind of like be like you in a way that's cool. It makes you feel good. And that's why I'm doing talks like this. Cause I, I want to make 
I want to make you one of us if we can. So, yeah, that'd be the goal. All right. <laughs> well, so. maybe we should wrap it up because we're at a minute or an hour and thirteen minutes. We're probably losing people by now, but um, so yeah. So I'm I'm going to tell you I, what I would do if you think he got the medal. I would just go to the careers, click on it, and start filling it in and see if you can get on. And if you're mobile and you're willing to move, that might be helpful. Mm -hmm. If you got other skills besides sales, sometimes come on as an intern. If you're able to do that, if you're a young guy, for sure, maybe an internship and work your way up. And once you get into the family, I guarantee you, if you're a good person, they're going to keep you and they're going to find something for you because we're, we're a growing company and we're only as good as the people that we attract. So you just got to take that first step and just do it and decide this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to get in. So, yep. Sound good? All right. Sounds good, Neil. I appreciate you having me on, man. I appreciate what you do. And All right, buddy. Look forward to hearing more from you. Well, great questions. I'm glad we had the call. I hope it was helpful. Lots. Thanks, Neil. All right. We'll see you later. All right. Bye-bye. All right. What a good conversation with Nick. You know, Nick, um, Nick is a listener, as you heard, and he's been following the podcast for a few months. And uh, he reached out to me, like I said, a couple weeks ago, 10 days, two weeks ago and started asking me some of the questions that you heard today. And I said, Nick, you know, this might be real interesting because I'm sure you're going to ask the same questions that a lot of guys ask. And I'm glad to answer them because, heck, I want to motivate you guys because I want to attract the best you know, talent to our company, Whitetail Properties, as I possibly can. But, you know, I have a motivation to help people. And I say this all the time. I want to make you an American landman one acre at a time. But I like to help people, you know, achieve their dreams because, there's so many things going on in the world right now that could just pull you down. But when you wake up every day and you just you see optimism and you work with great people and and you feel motivated and you're excited about doing what you what you'd love to do, um, that that's there, there's something in that. And I know for me in my career, I'm just reaching that point in my life where I just really want to give back. So I enjoy these conversations. I hope that you guys got something out of it. I kind of opened up and talked about some things that are kind of like taboo, especially like income, that kind of stuff. And I hope it wasn't too confusing. Sometimes it's confusing for me, these percentage payouts and everything, but uh, hopefully we kind of covered that. So if it did motivate you, um, you know, give me a call. I'm glad to talk to you about the the uh, the business of being a land specialist, about Whitetail Properties as a whole. Uh, you can just go to whitetailproperties.com and find the careers tab at the bottom of the frame of uh, the first page, and just contact them. and And I know that this type of work is very attractive to a lot of people. I had a call from a, a lawyer. Uh, in Tennessee recently. I had a, a guy who's a, a real estate agent in Arkansas give me a call. I had somebody in Florida give me a call and then Nick's in, in, in uh, New York. And that's just recently. So a lot of people are really attracted to this opportunity and it, it is good. So I hope that helps you guys, but I'm going to get this thing closed up so we can get this off to the editor. Uh, but thanks for listening. And if you wouldn't mind doing, I say this every single time, please, wherever you're listening to this, if you're finding value, go to the app, usually Apple or Spotify and leave me a written review. Give me five stars if you think we're doing good things um, and pass it along to somebody, just one person, see if we can grow our audience. It's growing quickly and I really appreciate it. Uh, frequent our sponsors. They're good people. Uh, a lot of them have discounts, so make sure you mention that you uh, uh, heard it on the American Landman podcast. It might save you some money. And uh, I thank you for listening. Well, folks, I'm Neil Hogger. I'm a land specialist with Whitetail Properties Real Estate. I want to make you an American landman one acre at a time, and I want to be your guy in land business. Thanks for listening to the American Landman Podcast.